All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm glad you are able to uh, uh, tune in with us, as Dan would say. Um, what I want to do is I've got a destination for us to, uh, to go on today, uh, a little journey in which we are going to um, take, uh, or I should a destination for us to go, a little journey in which we're going to take um, to get there. So um, as we are, are uh, going along this journey, before we get to this little destination, this little pause in the journey, what I want you to do is just get everybody uh, settled down, get the kids settled down, get the dogs under control, um, do whatever you have to do to get distractions out of the way. Now, when, when talking about distractions, I, I know that there's a major distraction going on um, that is very visible today. Um, and, and the distraction that is very visible today is that you're not meeting with us physically here at the church. So that is a distraction. Like my, This has been a few weeks now that we're, we're uh, doing this, this live, uh, uh, or I should say a not live, or a, not a physical interaction. And um, our, 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 our whole world is being distracted right now. Our whole world is uncertain. It's all shaken up. It's not shook up, it's all shaken up. I was already uh, reprimanded by uh, Jake on that this morning. No, it's all shaken up because of what's going on. Um, so distractions are all around us. Uh, so just for the next few minutes, and, um, and when you do this, uh, like, I, I, don't want, I don't want you to, to uh, just say, oh, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. No, 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 no. Take, everybody just take a moment. And if you've seen the movie, um, uh, what's, it, what's the new uh, Mr. Rogers movie, the, the Good Neighbor or something like that movie? Um, what's it? Be- beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah, if you've seen that movie, there's a, a scene in there where they're in a, a restaurant. And he says, just give me a, one minute of silence. I'm not going to do that right now. But if you want to you know, pause it or whatever, you can just take a moment just to, just to relax and just to let the distractions go away. Um, and ask God to uh, just to come in to, to settle your soul uh, uh, and, and just be able to, to listen, to, to uh, not only just tune in to what's going on, but to really press in uh, to what's, what's happening. So uh, as we get our, our, our mind in the right place and as we're getting our heart in the right place right now, uh, what I want us to do is I just want us to think about what it is that we are embarking on, this journey which we are embarking on uh, today. Uh, what do I mean? Today starts uh, Holy Week, or also it is also known as Passion Week. This is the, 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 uh, the, the day that we call Palm Sunday, uh, Jesus' triumphal entry into uh, Jerusalem. Now, uh, when, when we're looking at uh, this triumphal entry, um, as Jesus is going to uh, really display for us here, uh, as we are looking at this this triumphal entry, what we don't need to do is get distracted by everything that's going on around us. Uh, I think too often that, that we can get that that distraction, let it let it overtake us, it, it control um, uh, the way in which we are reacting to um, you know situations. But don't let the distractions overtake us. Uh, to help us with that distraction, uh, let's do this. Let's let's start uh, in, in Luke chapter 19. If you have a Bible, turn there. Maybe you're already there. In Luke chapter 19, what we're going to see is we're going to see uh, the beginning uh, of um, this this uh, procession that, that's taking place uh, going down in uh, to Jerusalem. The, the, this procession that um, 
our, our, uh, our attention needs to, to, to focus on. But what we don't need to do is we don't need to, when, when we're looking at this text here, uh, don't let your mind go to um, uh, Memorial Day Parade or Homecoming Parade or any type of parade type uh, thought. Because this, what we're going to talk about, Jesus was not being paraded down, um, down the Mount of Olives uh, as, a, as a showpiece. Uh, what we understand is Jesus w- w- was fulfilling a prophecy as he was going in, and he was a, uh, the humble king uh, entering into Jerusalem. So if you, if you in your mind, you have this thought of Jesus, um, when, we're, when we're talking here in a minute, of Jesus sitting on the, on, on the back of the, the donkey just a waving, get that, get that distraction out of your head. Because that's not going to do you any good um, when, we are, uh, when, we, when we progress through uh, the rest of, of this story. So, let's start reading. In uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 28. It says, And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Uh, if you want to see what, what it is, these things in which Jesus was talking about, uh, you can just look, glance back at, uh, he just got done talking about the parable of the minas, the ten minas. But it says here that he, after he said these things, after he gave this, this teaching, it says he uh, um, uh, went on ahead and he, was, he went up to Jerusalem. Uh, stupid nerd moment. Uh, when you go, or, or when, when uh, anybody was going to Jerusalem, it was going up because it's up in elevation. It's up above sea level, which is important um, uh, because of you know, j- just Jerusalem's uh, location. Um, it was a, a well-fortified city. But it says when uh, he drew near to Bethphage, or some people will say Bethpage, whatever. Uh, when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount called Olivet, he sent two, deci- two of his disciples saying, Go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this. The Lord has need of it. Now, uh, pause for a second, and, and as uh, you, you're pausing, just just think this with me. If you've, uh, some of you may have, or may not have, I don't know, uh, have been to uh, um, Israel, uh, been to Jerusalem, and um, and have stood in the, in, in a close proximity to where uh, where Jesus is with his disciples at this time when he is uh, when he's saying this. Um, what we have to kind of envision in our head is if we are standing on the Mount of Olives, so the Mount of Olives would be on the east, uh, and then Jerusalem would be to the west of the Mount of Olives, and there's this valley, which called, is called the Kidron Valley, in between. And then you'd have uh, Bethpage and Bethany kind of behind you uh, on the, after the, the little crest of, of the, the Mount of Olives there. So pretty close in proximity to, to Jerusalem here. And, and Jesus, he says to his, his disciples, um, okay, here's what I want you to do. Go into uh, um, the, the village. It doesn't say which village that he told them to go into. Most scholars think, think that it was Bethany um, just because of the, uh, the, the, the relationship in which he had with, with people there. You have uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Uh, we're, from, we're from Bethany. So, but that, that's that's a a a, a, a mute point really at the, at, uh, at this stage of the game. 
he just says, okay, go. Go into uh, this village here. You're going to find a colt that's tied there. Get the colt and bring it to me. If anybody has any problem with that, just say, the Lord needs it. Now, I, I was thinking about this uh, as I was preparing. Like, I, I wonder if I go over to uh, Sarshones and, and jump into a, a, a nice uh, you know, uh, Chevy Silverado and uh, the keys are in it, and I get ready to drive off a lot, and uh, Mr. Sarshone himself comes out, wait, 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 what are you doing? And I just say, the Lord needs it. I don't think I'll get away with that. I don't think that, 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 that that'll be uh, something that, that he'll say, okay, yeah, go ahead. But I, 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 another reason why it was probably Bethany went when... when uh, or the, the, this, the village in which they went in, because something happened. There was some type of um, a setting up that took place. Maybe Jesus ahead of time told, hey, we're going to borrow your colt. Or, or it was just God made a move, and he just put a, a piece upon the individual who owned the colt to say, okay, just let it go. It goes on here, verse 32. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, the owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. Notice that there it doesn't say, well, okay, yeah, are you sure about that? No, it just says, and they brought it to Jesus, throwing their cloaks on the colt. They set Jesus on it. Now, when, when uh, these simple instructions that were given by Jesus to his disciples, and this isn't really the, the meat of what I want to talk to you about, but I think this is like one of those nuggets that we can pick up along the way. Jesus gave his disciples simple instructions. What were the disciples told to do? They were told to go and find this donkey and then bring this donkey back. And because they went and found this donkey and brought this donkey back, they followed simple instructions. I, I, I was thinking about this, and, and I, I just kind of asked myself, how many times are there simple instructions that God gives us that we don't follow? And this isn't a bunch of rules, okay, do this and don't do that. That's not the, the, the point of this. But I think that what we have a tendency to do is we overthink things. Just think of those two disciples, whoever they were. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us who they were that, that went in there. But um, whoever they were, uh, just think if they were like, well, Jesus, you sh should we go and really just you know untie it? Shouldn't we go ask somebody first? No, they just simply did what it is that Jesus told them to do. So as you're reading through Scripture and you come across things that say, hey, this is what, this is what God says, and you're like, well, do we really need to do this? Don't take the approach of the serpent. And, and, and when, when I say that, don't, don't be offended like, well, he's calling us the devil. Well, that's exactly what the devil does. Did God really say? Did God really say that you can't do this? Does God really? Let's not question what God says. Let's do what he says. Let's just start there. And when we start there, then I believe that we can have moments like this where we just, we can see Jesus working. We can see God working in our lives just by simple obedience. That, that was all for free. Let's, let's go on here because I think that, that uh, if, if not, we'll be here until uh, Christmas, not just Easter. Where am I at? Verse 36. Uh, and as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees of the crowd 
said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he said, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Now, when we, when we read this, um, this, this portion of, of Scripture, it says that they were throwing their cloaks out on uh, the, the ground in front of them. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and John all talk about uh, branches that were uh, put out or leafy branches that were cut from the field and put out in front of them as well. Uh, that's where we get Palm Sunday from. These palm branches that were, were laid out in front of uh, Jesus as he was coming down the Mount of Olives. It was uh, significant and, and symbolic of a king coming back from a victorious uh, conquering of the enemy here. So what we, what we are looking at is that uh, here in, uh, in verse 36, 37, 38, they are, they are all, the, the they being the crowd, they're all just, just praising God, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of David. They're viewing Jesus as the Savior. Now hold on, they're viewing Him as the Savior, but not the, 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 the Savior in which Jesus knows that He is. Now what do I mean by that? What, what I mean is, is that the, the, the Jewish people right now were under oppression by the Roman, uh, just the Romans. They, they, they were, their thought process was, okay, He's coming to free us from this oppression, this Roman oppression uh, that is taking place. And as, uh, as they're coming in, they're thinking, like, we're finally going to get free of all of this. We know this because even after his resurrection, his own disciples says, okay, now when's the kingdom going to come? Like the physicalness going to take place? Now, is that a, a, a wrong view of the individuals there? I, I'm not there. I can't say. I'm not going to judge that. But I just think they, they got it wrong. If you uh, turn real quick over to um, John chapter 12, you can hold your, hold your place there in uh, Luke chapter 19. In John chapter 12, John even says here in verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So why do I bring that up? I think that, they, that these people, they're all getting, they're all getting uh, um, just kind of uh, caught up in, in, in the, the crowd, and they don't even really know what's going on here. They know that Jesus has done something. They know that, that He's been doing these miracles, but they're not 100% fully understanding what, what the significance is of Him riding into uh, Jerusalem here and what's going to take place. Although, Jesus has already told His disciples, hey, I'm going to be put to death. I'm going to die. But they just couldn't get their minds wrapped around it yet. So they're, 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 uh, they're crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the, the, or Hosanna to the Son of David. And, and, and as a side note, I think that, that Kurt said this a little bit ago, like how he uh, likes to, to read through um, the Passion Week uh, accounts and everything. If you were to uh, uh, look at Luke 19, is, that's where we're at, um, Matthew chapter 21, Mark chapter 11 and John chapter 12, it's, they're all, bring those all together. That's the, the, the Passion Week in which uh, uh, Kurt was talking about reading through each one of those. But in each one of those accounts, we see a little bit more detail uh, in, in those, uh, those, those statements like, Hosanna to the Son of David. It doesn't say that in Luke chapter 19, but it says it in Mark uh, 21. It says that in, or I'm sorry, Mark 11. <laughs> if it says it in Mark 21, um, you need to fire me because there's not 21 chapters in Mark. So, 
but Matthew 21, Mark chapter uh, 11. But this crowd, what I want to, what I want us to, to really look at is wh- who was making this crowd, who made up this crowd. This crowd was made up of disciples. It was made up of religious people. We, we see that it was made up of, of these Pharisees as well. Uh, it was made up of, of common folk. But it was also made up of people who witnessed Lazarus' resurrection. So him, him, Lazarus being being resurrected from the dead, raised from the dead. So we have this, this, this collective of people who are coming together and, and, and they're, they're, they're coming uh, to this, this, this route where Jesus is coming down uh, the, the mount and they're just screaming, they're going nuts because they're thinking, oh, we're going to be saved now. Hosanna means save us now. Save us now. It's finally here. We're going to be freed from this oppression. As Jesus comes down the hill, and this is an, an interesting um, I think it's interesting, an interesting viewpoint when you are standing on the Mount of Olives and you're looking to the west, you're looking over the Kidron Valley. And mind you, you go to Jerusalem today, it's obviously not the same as when Jesus was there. But when you stand on the Mount of Olives and you look out, you can still see the Temple Mount. You can still see, now it has the Dome of the Rock, which is the, 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 the Muslim uh, or an Islamic holy site, um, but you can you can look out and you can see the, the 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 Temple Mount. So as Jesus is coming down the coming down the the, the Mount of Olives, it's 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 clear in clear view where he what he was going or where he was going, the direction in which he was pointing. He comes down the Mount of Olives. He crosses through uh, the, the 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 Kidron Valley. He has to come up into Jerusalem here. When he comes up into Jerusalem, there's something very important that, uh, that, that uh, happens. Something that he, uh, a statement in which he says that I think that most people kind of just, just gloss over. But Jesus has a, prophetic, has a prophetic word there. Verse 41, And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. Now, why did I just explain to you, like when you're going down uh, the, 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 the Mount of Olives and you can, you can see... It's not as if the city is out of view. So when, I, when I'm looking at this and I'm reading through this, I, I'm thinking about, okay, when Jesus it says he saw the city, I, I think that this is, this is kind of like when we talk about the church. So the church is not the building, right? The church is the people. It's the people who make up the, the, this body here. I think here when Jesus is talking, he drew near and saw the city. He saw the people of the city. He saw everything that was going on in the city. And it says he wept over the city, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear, down, and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. I, I think that a loose interpretation of this, just for the sake of time here, is like Jesus is saying, you guys missed it. Like the, the, the author of peace, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace is right here in, in front of you, but you, you missed it. Your eyes are blinded to what, what's going on right here. This is referring to the destruction of the temple and the overtaking of all of Jerusalem by the Roman government, by the armies of Rome. 
in AD 70. Um, they, they, have, uh, they, they, they sieged uh, Jerusalem. And they, they, they took over, they overthrew it. Uh, they burned the temple, tore it all apart. This is what Jesus is referring to. Like, because of your unbelief, due to your unbelief, the Jews, their, their eyes weren't open to see the Messiah that was right there in front of them. And, and mind you, there was a bunch of people that were screaming in the crowds. You know, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, there, there are people that are, are, are saying all of these things, but even still, they didn't understand what was going on. As we, as we look at this, I, I think this is that, that, that point in our, in our message where we're going to shift a little bit because I think that we're, we're looking at this journey coming down and all of these things that are happening in this journey that's coming down that are, are, are uh, getting to a climax point. Not that the triumphal entry wasn't important, but remember, I said it wasn't a parade. Like when we on Memorial Day or some people on 4th of July have these, these parades, like the parade itself is like the pinnacle of that day and everything that's going on. That, wasn't, that, that, that was just the journey. That was just to get to where he needed to be. I, I think that uh, if, we, if we look at all this, I think that the triumphal entry was just bringing Jesus to the place where he could accomplish the will of him who sent him. So accomplish the will of him, the Father who sent him, the Son. That's the triumphal entry. Now they're, they're coming down. They get into uh, uh, Jerusalem here. And there's something that happens when they get into uh, Jerusalem. Now, it, it, as you're reading, because I know that every single one of you that are, that are watching this, every single one of you are going to take Kurt's advice and you're going to look at each one of these accounts. And what you're going to see is there's a little bit, there's some variance in each one of these accounts. And you're going to say, well, wait a second. When you read it in Mark, it says that he, he comes, he goes into the temple, and then he goes back. He, go, he goes back to, to, to Bethany. And then it wasn't until the next day that this event that we're going to talk about happens. Uh, okay, okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it happened immediately when he was coming into uh, Jerusalem or if it happened the next day. What we're going to discuss is an event that took place that should change the way in which you look at the, 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 this whole Passion Week um, uh, from, from here on out. Not, that, not saying that, that we're going to change the resurrection of Christ. Not saying that we're going to change the, 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 the death uh, of Christ or anything like that. But I think that what we need to do is we need to look, we're going to see the words in which Christ spoke to prepare us, prepare his audience then, but also prepare us to be able to really receive what took place when, when the veil of the, 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 the temple was, was torn, when, when he uh, died, when he was buried, when he rose again. Because remember, the, 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 the people, the religious people of the time who were well-versed in Scriptures, they, they didn't even get it. But Jesus communicates to us very clearly something. Now, let's, let's pause. Let's talk about the setting. Because if we don't talk about the setting, I don't think that we'll, we'll, we'll really understand the magnitude of, of what is being said here. Now, and I apologize if you think that I'm uh, being a little bit, uh, giving too much information, uh, and, and we're, we're building too much up to this, and, and you're sitting there just going, Lee, just get to it. Okay, but here, you got to see the setting here. If you don't see the setting, you're going to miss uh, what it is that Jesus is saying. So it says here, verse 45 and 46, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold saying to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. 
Now, when he goes into the temple, what we have to understand is what the temple is. What the temple was made of. How massive this, this, this place was. Remember when I said that you're standing on the Mount of Olives and you can look across uh, the, the Kidron Valley and you can see the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is a large piece of real estate. It, it's roughly uh, 1,600 by 1,000 feet. Let's put it into terms of which you might better understand it. About 35 football fields can fit into the Temple Mount. Pretty large piece of real estate. It's not a small, it's not just when we think of, because I think too many times when people think the temple, they just think of the building, the temple. But that was in the middle of this whole big structure, this temple mount that had multiple uh, things going on in it. What you had in the, the, on the temple mount, you had the temple itself, which was a rather small building. Now, if you look at, at, at artist renderings now of it, they, there are some very good ones out there. But if you look at it, you'll see that in the temple building itself, there, there's different chambers inside the building. You have in the very center, you have what's called the Holy of Holies. That's where the Ark of, of the Covenant w- 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 rested. That is a place that only the high priest could go once a year to atone for the sins of uh, all of the of the nation, that is a, a place that there was this huge veil that was forty foot tall, and, and, and somewhere up upwards to, to to four to six to maybe even eight inches thick of fabric covered this, and, and just a massive a, a massive veil. Why is that important? We'll see next week when the veil is torn. But massive this massive division between the the holy of holies where where God met His people, where, the, it's, where the, the Ark of the Covenant with a mercy seat on top of it. So where God met with His people there. So then outside of that, you have the holy place where only the priests could come into to that. Now, if you, if you were to come outside there, you have the, the, a, a, um, a, a courtyard surrounding the, uh, the temple building, which was restricted to Jewish males. And please bear with me. This is going to be this is very important. Some of you are like, just get to it. Your kids are like, I need more popcorn. The guy with the mustache isn't very funny. It's it's all right. Just give him some popcorn. Give him a, a pop tart or whatever. We're going to get to there. So, but this is important because we we look here that that this courtyard outside was for the Jewish males, which was called the, the court of the Israelites. And then outside there was a outside of that there was a, a larger courtyard which was called the court of women, the court of the women, which was for the Jewish females. And that's, that's as far as they were allowed. And so the Jewish men were, and this is not what I said, this is just culturally, this is how it was all set up. So then the, the women could go so far and the men could go just a little bit closer to uh, the temple to, to worship. But outside of the court of women, you have what's called the court of the Gentiles. And then this court of the Gentiles, this is where, obviously, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, were able to come, and this is as close as they could get to God to worship Him. So in this court of the Gentiles, this is where, when Jesus comes here and He he starts driving out those who sold and, and everything, this is where the Jewish leadership allowed these merchants and these money changers to set up. Well, what's the big deal? You, you read throughout 
the, the, the Bible that, they, 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 that this happens. It's for the dispersion. That way they didn't have to bring their, uh, their, their pigeons with them or they didn't have to bring their lambs and they could just buy it there. Just because the Jewish religious leaders allowed it doesn't mean it was right. And because it wasn't right, and I even looked this up, it actually says in the Mishnah, which is, it's not the Bible, the Mishnah is like the, 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 the law book for the, the Jewish religious leaders. It says in there that they, oh, you, this can take place. What was taking place when Jesus comes in here and He drives out all of those who, who sell and all of those who were, were uh, the, the money changers and everything. He's communicating something. He's giving a message that is very uh, pertinent to us today. I, I, most times, people take this text and like, "Yeah, you shouldn't do. You know, you shouldn't come to church and do. Uh, you know, do your business at church. Leave your business at home and and you do and, and uh, you come to church to worship." Well, that is a good lesson. I know I am the guy that has made that. You know, I've talked to plenty of people. I, I don't like people coming and selling stuff at church. I mean, that's just my, my own opinion. I th I'm not going to say you're making this a den of robbers. But if you escalate that, that's what, what, what some people are, are, are saying. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. Maybe on some level. Yes, leave your business at home. Business being money business. But I think there's so much more that, that, that's, taken, that's taken place here. When Jesus went to went went uh, through this, and I, I want to say trouble, but when when he did, when he went through the trouble of doing this, when he went and, and started just driving out the, these the, these money changers, these people who were selling, this was part of the plan. Now, what do I mean when I say it was part of the plan? I, I don't know. I can't say. I can't. I don't have. I don't know what Jesus was thinking. But I, I would be willing to. To uh, I'm hoping one one day I'm going to ask him this. Like, okay, Jesus, when you were coming down the the, the Mount of Olives, when you were coming down and, and you were entering, getting coming into Jerusalem, were your thoughts about going into what were, what were you thinking? Were you thinking about okay, now I got to go into. Jerusalem, I'm going to go into the temple, I'm going to clear this out, and this is part of what I need to do. Or, was that kind of like a, you went into the temple and it caught you off guard, and oh my goodness, i got to get this out of here. I believe that it was the, 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 the former, not the latter. I, I believe that Jesus was thinking about this. Okay, this was part of what He had to do in Passion Week. Because what He, he is doing here is He's coming in here, and he's he's cleansing this temple. There's three things I think that we can we can draw from this uh, this event that's taking place here by Jesus driving out the, the the money changers. I do not believe that Jesus was distracted. I don't believe that he came into the the temple and he's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? No, gee, I don't believe he was distracted. I, I believe that he was determined to be obedient to the Father, no matter what the cost. So why did he do this? Why did he uh, go to the trouble of, of uh, getting the um, the money changers and, and running them out, or what's also called cleansing the temple? I like that term better. Why did Jesus cleanse the, the temple here? The first thing, he was communicating the truth of the temple being a place of worship to God. Well, what do I mean? Think about this. 
the, the money changers, the, those who were selling everything that was going on, it was taking place in the court of the Gentiles. It doesn't matter if it was taking place in the court of the Gentiles or the women. or the, No, no. It was taking place in, a, in an area that was designated for the worship of God. So when he says this, he's communicating the truth that the temple is a place for the worship of God. Now, some of you are going to sit here and, and, and put back, maybe not here, but on, on, online here and say, wait a second, there's no temple, so we can't worship God? Well, I'm glad you're thinking that. Because I, I, want to, I will stress and I will stand on this, that the, the temple of God was always made for worship then and is now today. Well, there is no temple. Yes, there is. If you have a Bible, turn real quick to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, the Apostle Paul explains this really briefly to us. He says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? He's talking to believers here. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. What, what, do you, what, what, what is he saying, Lee? Your body, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your body is the temple. So back to my statement here is that the temple was always meant for a place of worship. Your body, the temple in which, uh, of, uh, that you have now, is meant to, to be used to worship God. Jesus, when he comes in here, he's saying you he, he gotta cleanse out, he, he's cleansing out of, of, of this um, all this debauchery that's going on in this place of worship so that the worship of God can be focused on. How many times or how many of you have things in your life that you need to cleanse out so the worship of God can happen in the temple of God? How many things are, 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 are going on that you're just you're distracted even amongst amidst I should say this time of, of uncertainty, but it's all because you you have selling and exchanging and all of the, the, these things that are happening in the temple of God that weren't meant to happen in the temple of God. I'm not saying that we should live in some utopia. Not saying that we should live in some utopia, not, not by any stretch, but I think that, they're, they're, that every single one of us can identify and start to identify things that we need cleansed out of the temple so that we can be in worship with God. There are things that are in our lives that, 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 that keep us from being in that intimate worship with God. And that's what Jesus is communicating. He's getting ready. He's on His way to the cross. And He's saying, okay, I want to cleanse this out. I want, I want to communicate the, 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 the fact that the temple needs to be cleansed so that worship of God can happen. Because He's going to provide the way spiritually for that to happen, supernaturally for that way to happen, but there are still elements in our lives that we have to take in consideration here. Let me move on to the second one. Jesus was, So why did Jesus go through the trouble of cleansing the temple? He was displaying the scope of His work that was to be accomplished. What do I mean the scope of His work that was to be accomplished? Jesus came to save the nations. I, I, I like what it says there in um, Mark chapter 11 about the same thing. Because He says, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. So the, the second thing here is He was displaying the scope of His work 
that was to be accomplished. He, Jesus came to save the nations, not the nation. What do I mean? Jesus comes into the, the, this place of worship for the Gentiles and, and is ridding the, 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 all the obstacles that are keeping them from worshiping God and telling them, showing them, you are to worship God as well. Because I'm going to die. I'm going to sacrifice my life, not just for the Jewish people, but for all people, all nations. So when he's there in, this is, that's, this is the part about, remember I said the location, like the location of this taking place is in the court of the Gentiles. It's, it, it, it's, it, it's displaying and it's communicating that this is the, the, the Christ uh, sacrifice. Christ's payment for the penalty of sin is not just isolated to the Jewish people. It's a gift that's given. What does what what John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world, all of the nations. This is what he's communicating. He's displaying the scope of, the, the, of his work. The third thing, and the final thing, is he gave us an example of what needs to happen in our temple to communicate the truth of why he came in the first place. It goes back to, like, what do we need to rid things of? He gave us an example of our temple here. This is not a move of manipulation. Jesus is not manipulating in any way. What He's doing is He's, he's showing His passionate desire. This is why it's called Passion Week. Jesus' passion, and, and, and this, is, this is what we have to, 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 to wrestle with and we have to grab hold of. And remember I said at the beginning, this is why we need to, we're going to view this week different. The reason it's called Passion Week is Jesus was passionate about going to the cross to die for our sins. It wasn't just something that, oh, I, got, I guess I got to do it. No, he, he, his whole design and his whole plan and the purpose of which he was here so, is so that he could go to that cross. So that he could pay the penalty for sins. So that the worship of God could happen in this temple. I think about what, what Jesus says in John chapter 4 when he's talking to the, the woman at the well. And he says, uh, or she says, well, you know, we, our, our ancestors worship on uh, this mountain and you guys worship over here. And Jesus says there can be a place and there's going to be a time when it's not where the location of where you're going to worship, but you're going to worship in spirit and in truth. And Jesus is referring to this time of it. Now the temple of God is here. The Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us now. So when Jesus is communicating this, He's communicating this truth. I think it's important also, as, as a kind of a side note here, is this wasn't Jesus' plan B. Like Him going into the temple and doing this wasn't plan B. Dying on the cross wasn't plan B. This has been plan A all from the beginning. Why do I say that? Because I think that when he's in that court of Gentiles and he's, he's driving them out, the Gentiles weren't just an addition to what was going on. The Gentiles were part of the, the initial plan. We go back all the way back to Abraham. Abraham was not an Israelite. Abraham was a Gentile. The father of all the Jews himself was a Gentile. That, that just It shows us that from all the way back from the beginning, that all nations are part of God's plan. Yes, He chooses a certain nation to preserve and to communicate His truths, and they jack it all up. 
That's what, I mean, just read through the, the, the Old Testament. It happens over and over and over again. God's chosen people, they just mess it up over and over. And God's mercy just, just poured out more and more and more to them. But the, the, the plan was not just to save just a, a, a certain nation. It was to save a people of all nations. So I'll say this in closing. Yes, we're in Palm Sunday, and yes, we're, we're, we're doing a, you know, a lot of things that are, are going around, on around us. Jesus had a lot of distractions that we would say were distractions Himself with the, with the, the palm branches and the Hosanna and all this other stuff, and all this other stuff that was going on. But Jesus didn't get distracted amidst all of this. He was never distracted amidst all the excitement. He was obedient and He was determined to do what it is that the Father sent Him to do. And so as he went into the, the, the temple and as he cleared out all the money changers, as he purged the temple, as he, as he cleansed the temple, he communicates his truth that we should take today, now, and look at, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of that plan. God's got a plan for me. My plan is not just, oh, I messed all everything up, he's got to fix it. No, my plan is that I need to be obedient to Him to, to, to cleanse the temple so that I can worship Him. Worship of God is something that is so beautiful but is so overlooked. Too many times we think that we have to go to a place to worship. We have to do a certain thing to worship. No, what we have to do is we just have to be obedient to God. And as we're obedient to God, that's the most worshipful thing that we can do. I like how John Piper says that God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in Him. That's worship. That's worship when we put all of our trust, all everything, we put everything in one basket and say, God, I'm trusting You for this. I'm going to be obedient to this. Why? Because He makes clear that we're not plan B. We're part of plan A. Let's pray. Our Father God in Heaven, Lord, we do thank You. Uh, Lord, um, as... We went through this long journey to get to this, this pause, this destination along the way, on way to the final destination of the cross next week. God, I, I pray that we're, we're, we're hearing what it is that You're saying. God, that, that this, we don't get overwhelmed with a bunch of information, but we see the, the, the transforming elements here. That God, You had a plan for us even before we even knew it. That, God, we're a part of something that is greater than us. That, God, that, that, that you don't get distracted by everything, but, you, but you're determined. And, and Lord Jesus, that, 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 that you are obedient, obedient even to the point of death, death on the cross. So, God, as we, we, go, as we went through all of this stuff today, as we hear this stuff over again, Lord, my prayer is that we can just submit and we, our eyes can be open even more so we don't have that moment where Jesus is weeping over us because we can't see. But we have that moment that, 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 that we're there and we're just like, oh, I, I get it. I, 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 I want to live my life more worshipful to Him. More worshipful to You, God. Father, as we have begun today, this, this Holy Week, this Passion Week, this Palm Sunday. God, my prayer is that we can just keep a focus throughout. So as we arrive next Sunday for Easter in the celebration of the resurrection of Your Son, that we can have these eyes that are just on fire to, wow, He did this for me. 
I've got, the, I've got this, this worth, this, this plan, or this purpose that God ha, ha, has, ha, has for me. And, and I've, got, I've, got to, I've got to stay focused on that amidst all the craziness that's going on around us. God, let us stay focused. Let us still and, and, and understand that we need to elevate our worship to you in our temple as we cleanse it from things that are keeping us from uh, coming to you and being close to you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you continue to work in us. I know that as we're sitting at home and we're listening to this, and maybe we may be getting distracted even now, Lord, I pray that, that you just help uh, us to, to get rid of the distractions. And God, I ask as we do go throughout the week that we focus on you. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.